All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Thursday, a extraordinary breaking news Thursday. And by the way, an extraordinary show coming up. We've got three amazing guests back to back to back. We're also going to give you up to speed on two momentous events that have occurred today. Just a short while ago, the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, appointed a special prosecutor, a special counsel to investigate the discovery of classified documents, multiple instances of finding classified documents in Joe Biden's possession. Actually, we now know of three instances. November 2nd, the documents are found at the Penn Biden Center. November 4th, the Justice Department is informed of that discovery. December 20th, documents are found, classified documents found in the garage right next to Joe Biden's Corvette in his Delaware home. And then on January 5th, another classified document found in Joe Biden's home. The man who once wagged his finger at Donald Trump saying it's inexcusable to have classified documents stored in unsafe places, had three separate instances, three separate stashes of classified documents in his home. That, according to Merrick Garland, warns the appointment of a special prosecutor, Robert Hur, a prosecutor during the Trump years who went after a lot of Democratic corruption in Baltimore and Maryland, really made a name for himself. He's going to be that special counsel for this issue. We'll see what happens on that front. And if that isn't enough to get you excited about the breaking news, well, a little bit ago, the 12th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 20th, whatever it is, the latest installment of the Twitter files came out, a very, very disturbing revelation. The Democrats in this town eager to create a false narrative to impugn House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes at the time when he started to unravel the Russia collusion case. They pressured Twitter, I'm not making this up, to portray the movement to get documents released in the Russia collusion case that would give us honesty about it as a Russian counterintelligence operation. There was no basis for that, according to Twitter. But the pressure came from people like, well, you know who it came from, Adam Schiff, the man who gave us more false stories than anyone I can think of in my lifetime. Well, those records are out there. Matt Taibbi, great independent journalist, really giving us some insight into just how the dirty game of politics is used and how Democrats repeatedly, time and time and time and time again, 
tried to portray as conspiracy theory or Russian disinformation things that were true but negative to the Democratic Party. What the Democratic Party has now been exposed to do is far worse, far worse than anything Joe McCarthy did during his time. It was far more orchestrated. It was far more dishonest. Good reputations were used. Weaponized law enforcement was made available. The independent agencies were abused by a democratic machine content to create false stories, manufacture false stories to hide from us the truth about their own failures in Russia and Ukraine. This is a serious boomerang, and it just came out a few minutes ago. It is definitely worth checking those out. The story about the special counsel up on Just the News, the story on the Twitter files up by my good friend Nick Jeevis, one of our great reporters here. Today, we've got three consecutive great guests for you. First up, Congressman Austin Scott, a man who's been warning about China for a long time. Remember, we broke the story last night. You got it early on the podcast yesterday, got it early on the TV show last night. The University of Pennsylvania that gave Joe Biden a $900,000 payday, giving him a guest lecturing job and hosting his Penn Biden Center, the very Penn Biden Center where the classified documents were found. Well, they were collecting lots of China money, $67 million between 2013 and 2019, one of the larger academic recipients of China money. Most of that money, $47.7 million, comes in the two and a half years that Joe Biden is affiliated with the university. All right. And while he's having that Penn Center be set up, while he's taking that guest salary, that university then turns around later, gets some significant benefits from the Biden administration. Two of its officials, its president, its former chairman of the board of trustees, get ambassadorships from Joe Biden. But then its faculty pressured, pressed, cajoled the Justice Department. They wanted to shut down the FBI's main counter-espionage program trying to root out Chinese spies in American academia. They got it shut down. It was called the China Initiative. Since 2018, had a significant amount of success. How do we know that? The Justice Department's own website lists all the successes that this China Initiative had in rooting out spies and espionage efforts and influence efforts in America. Now, it also had some problems. It, it got in trouble in some of the court cases, but it was doing an effective job at what it was paid to do, which was to root out Chinese influence and espionage. Well, the 160 plus professors working at the University of Pennsylvania, the old employer for Joe Biden, when I mean old employer, I mean 17, 18, 19, the place he parked himself and his staff during the post-vice presidential years and before he ran for president, they send an open letter. They release it publicly. Justice Department, you must shut down the China initiative of the FBI because it's racist to focus on China. Now, think about this. Liberals had no problem targeting Russians. It wasn't racist to have a Russia counterintelligence program, which, by the way, often misled us, but it would be racist to do so for China. That's the argument these professors made, and it's the argument that Merrick Garland bought into because within two weeks of the University of Pennsylvania making this argument in an open letter with its faculty, the old faculty members around Joe Biden, the university, Joe Biden got 900000 bucks from, got his foreign policy think tank hosted by Merrick Garland shuts down that program. He shuts it down a month after FBI Director Christopher Wray gave an extraordinary speech to the country at the Reagan Library saying the China threat, the espionage threat, particularly in our universities, it's growing. It's worse than the Soviet Union. They're using money to buy what they want from the United States. And Merrick Garland turns around, listens to the liberal professors at the University of Pennsylvania, claiming that a counter-espionage program focusing on China mal-influence is somehow racist, and they get the program shut down. 
China got a heck of an investment from the money it put into that university. It got a heck of an investment from the money it put into the Biden family. That's what a lot of people are saying today based on the documents we put into the marketplace last night. Well, Congressman Austin Scott from the great state of Georgia, he's on the House Armed Services Committee. He has been one of the clarion voices uh, warning about China mal-influence in the United States. He's going to join us at the top of the show. In the middle of the show, we're going to have one of the former great investigators in all of Congress, Bobby Charles. Now the national spokesman for AMAC. It's AMAC Thursday. Bobby Charles is going to tell us why all the things that I just talked about are so significant and what congressional investigators, based on his lengthy experience as being one of them on the House Oversight Committee in an earlier era, what they're going to dig up, what they're going to do, what we're going to find out about our president, our country, China's malinfluence, Hunter Biden. We're going to learn about all that. And then finally, we're going to finish up with an interview we had last night with our good friend, the Harvard Law Professor Emeritus, by the way, a voter who voted for Joe Biden, but him coming out reacting to what we now know. Alan Dershowitz is going to join us. Very powerful words about the impact of these now three discoveries of classified documents in Joe Biden's possession in insecure facilities. He's going to talk to us about exactly what happened and what it means to the Trump investigation. Here's a hint. He says there's no way justice can prosecute Donald Trump after what's been found about Joe Biden. And by the way, he predicted last night what happened today. Appointment of special prosecutor for Joe Biden. All that coming up right after the commercial break. You're not going to want to miss it. Austin Scott, Bobby Charles, and Alan Dershowitz back to back to back on a very insignificant day in the news here in Washington, D.C. We'll be right back with more of John Solomon Reports, and podcast from Just the News. Right after this commercial break, we're going to start with Congressman Austin Scott in just a few minutes. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected 
for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Still absorbing all that breaking news. Yes, GarageGate, hard to believe, but Joe Biden, the man who wagged his finger at uh, Donald Trump about cavalierly handling classified documents, not only in his think tank office, but in the garage of his home in Delaware. A lot of people still absorbing the magnitude of that news. But we've got a perfect first guest, a person who has always taken classified information in the national security of our country so seriously. Joining us from the great state of Georgia is Congressman Austin Scott. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having us. I just want to get your first gut reaction. We're still absorbing this, but all that has happened, and you were critical of President Trump for having those documents and not having them in the, the right place. Now, President Biden, who did the finger-wagging thing a few months ago, now he's got a similar problem. Your thought about it? Well, I mean, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, and so I see classified documents on a regular basis. Every time I've seen them, they have come into a room in a, uh, a locked case, and um, and they're discussed behind a, a vault door in, a, in what we call a skiff, and nobody ever takes any documents out of that room. So I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that maybe the whole process of of classified documents needs to be reviewed with regard to ex- the executive branch. But it, it was not okay for President Trump to have them at Mar-a-Lago, and it's not okay for Joe Biden to have them in in multiple locations. And if we're if we're honest about um, the next step of that, Joe Biden has, has had them now apparently in multiple locations. So how many other locations um, could he could he potentially have taken them to? It, it's it, it, it's concerning to see the difference in how the media is handling this. As soon as they found it with President Trump, they immediately attacked him. And with Joe Biden, they've kind of handled this thing with kid gloves. So uh, if Merrick Garland comes out with a, a special investigator or I mean, or something. I think that's probably a step in the right direction, but it, it, it needs to be handled the same way from the standpoint of the mainstream media as well. The politicization of this is not okay. Yeah, no, this has to be something that rises above politics because it's really about protecting the secrets of our nation and not letting our foreign enemies have such easy access potentially 
to our great secrets. One of the things that jumps out, I want to turn to a story that we broke this morning, but before we get to that, you have seen all the information now that's on the Hunter Biden laptop that's public and been written about the idea that these documents were around a family in an insecure location where the family itself had a lot of foreign clients, people we know were tied to China and the CCP, people that were tied to Russian oligarchs, people who were tied to Ukrainian oligarchs. One of Hunter Biden's business partners gets indicted in 2018 for illegally helping China try to bribe its way into foreign countries in Africa. The danger that the family has so much foreign connections and these documents are in their home, their private offices, does it add an additional layer of concern for someone trying to figure out what went on here? Well, well, it does for me, and, and I think America deserves answers. And as a, as a member of the U.S. Senate, I can tell you that uh, you know Joe Biden made $174,000 a year. He made, I, I think the vice president makes somewhere just under $300,000 a year. And if you look, the fact that he has spent his whole life uh, between 175 and 300, and, and you look at the total net worth that they have, uh, that that's concerning to me. And, and, and where did that come from? Because you simply don't accumulate accumulate that much wealth, making between 175 and 300 thousand dollars a year. Uh, it's pretty clear to me that uh, Hunter Biden was able to use his uh, influence with his father to to make tremendous sums of money. And and the good thing now is that Republicans. Since we have the House of Representatives and, and Jamie Comer as, as the head of oversight and investigations, I think we're actually going to be able to take a look at, you know, some of those issues with regard to uh, where the money came from and where the money went and whether or not, you know, Hunter Biden's business associations uh, actually personally benefited President Biden. Yeah. These are important questions. There's no doubt about it. Lining up the timing of payments to Hunter Biden and things that went from Hunter Biden to his father, that's going to be such an important part of just old-fashioned gumshoe investigating. And hey, we just want the facts. That's right. We just want the facts. Yep. Yeah, that's true. People will be able to make a, make a much better educated decision when they just have the facts. We've all been deprived for so long. I wanted to ask you about a story we had this morning. So we know the Penn Biden Center, the first round of classified documents were at the University of Pennsylvania. And there's a lot of efforts here, a lot of backflips to say, well, the China money that the University of Pennsylvania collected, which by the way is $67.7 million between 2013 and 2019. We went and got those records from the university. 47.7 of that money comes in in the three years while Joe Biden is evolved in the center. But Joe Biden doesn't get his money from the center. He is actually paid by the university out of its general funds as a guest lecturer. So he makes $911,000 in two and a half years from that university, lends his name to the center. But then that center not only takes all that money, not only employs the vice president, soon to be president, it goes in February of 2022 and it pressures the Justice Department with an open letter by 167 members of its faculty saying you must stop the China Initiative, the FBI's most important counterintelligence operation to root out Chinese spies in academia. And within two weeks, Merrick Garland drops the program. So the sequence is FBI Director Ray gives a speech in late January 2022 saying this is a big problem, academia spying with China. Two, two weeks after that, University of Penn, former employer of uh, Joe Biden, uh, home of his think tank, sends an open letter saying the FBI is racist. It should shut down the China initiative. And then two weeks after that, in less than a month from the moment of the FBI director's speech, the attorney general says, yeah, I am shutting it down. It does have racial problems and we're shutting it down. 
that sequence of events, seeing a university with a lot of China funding, kind of carrying the water for China on a national security issue, your thoughts on that? They used race as an excuse to shut down an investigation that the FBI needs to do to protect every American, regardless of if they're Asian, Hispanic, Caucasian, uh, African-American. I, I mean, you, you know, that, that it's, it's absolutely ridiculous how they use race now as an excuse to do untold sums of damage to our country. Every American, regardless of the color of their skin, needs the FBI to the, do their job. It sounds to me like they were doing this, their job and then uh, and then got pushed on this issue that they were going to be accused of being racist if they continued to do their job. Uh, it, this is just, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. The idea that the FBI, you know, the director stands up and makes a statement and then two weeks later they take a totally different position. Uh, I mean, John, that, that, you know, this, this again, I mean, the, the public needs to know this. And there's a remarkable thing sitting on the Justice Department website. The Biden Justice Department website is a page listing all the successes that the China Initiative have in finding spies or undisclosed Chinese money influencing America. So the Justice Department's own website, the same Justice Department shuts it down, actually has a success page that showed that this investigation rendered some very important results for the American people. It is really a head-scratcher. A few minutes ago, you were on the House floor. A very important bill passed banning future releases of SPR sales oil to China. Feel good about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and what I feel even better about is the fact that a tremendous number of Democrats actually voted with us. And so the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is not supposed to be used for political purposes. Uh, if, if you look at when he did the releases, it, it clearly was geared towards uh, helping the Democrats in the midterm elections. We're now going to pay a price for that uh, as, as a country. And it's not a political reserve. It's, it's a strategic reserve. And I'm glad that Democrats voted with us. But, but the fact of the matter is, Joe Biden's policies and the Democrats' policies have, have driven the price of a barrel of oil up in, in our country. And, and then he turned around, and the end result of his policies uh, hurting Americans and, and increasing the price of a gallon of gasoline, uh, he, he used a reserve that, that had been accumulated. Uh, I mean, President Trump put a lot of oil back in that reserve, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and, and when Trump was trying to buy it at the lower prices, the Democrats were even standing in the way of that in some cases. So he, he, he politicized uh, our reserves, and, and, and the Democrats benefited from it, and Americans lost from it. Yeah. Oh, another place where Biden policies have had a negative effect, and you have been, I think, the most cogent voice I've talked to in the last year on this is food prices, food shortages, our relationship with our farmers. And yesterday, a new ruling comes out under the waters of the USA. Looks like it's going to have a devastating impact on our farmers. Tell us a little bit what concerns you. You were the first lawmaker I saw react to this. A lot of people, I don't think, picked up how significant this is to the American farmer. Tell us why this is important. Hey, hey look, I mean, our, our kids swim in the rivers. Uh, they, they swim in the ponds. I mean, we're not going to do anything on the farm that is going to damage our our water supply, Uh it's literally in, in our ponds. I mean, that, as I said, I mean, I mean, that's what we use to water our crops. That our kids swim in those ponds. Uh, we eat the fish out of those ponds. Uh, and, and the Biden administration seems to have this attitude that uh, farmers are 
bad people. Well, farmers are great people, and they're great stewards of the land. And if there is a problem, the the federal government has the ability to go get a warrant. If if they believe that there's a pollutant coming from an area, they have the ability to go get a warrant and then come on your property. This this what they're doing with the waters of the U.S. I believe is just looking for an excuse to come onto your property and find a violation. So it, it kind of gets back to the you know unreasonable search and seizure, if you will, because if you send the federal government in there with enough people to snoop around uh, you know your house, they can probably find something that's a violation. I mean, I, I, I mean, hello, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I, I don't know anybody who who actually believes that anymore. So they always had the ability, if there was an issue, to present that issue to a court and and, and to then come on the property and inspect the property. Now, I mean, they, they want to come on your property and snoop around and see if they can find something. And it's just, it's not okay. We just keep putting more and more crushing power of the state in its hands and, and against the people of this country. It is remarkable. It's the heavy hand of the federal government they do not believe in private property rights, and you know people need to be paying attention to this because if they can do it to the farmer, they can do it to any business owner, and if they can do it to any business owner, they can do it to any American. Yeah, just stunning, just stunning. I wanted to turn to one last subject because last week you said something on our TV show that really resonated, and a lot of people reacted to it. If it takes us a few extra days to get this right, you said, it is worth it, and you're talking about the leadership battle. That played out just fine on Saturday. The rules get passed on Monday. There's a remarkable thing going on since that. And I think it points out the wisdom of what you said last week. Not only are Republicans more united than I've seen them in a long time, because these rules make sense to everyone, there have been two or three moments now where Democrats have crossed over and joined, particularly on the important issue of China, whether it was the China Select Committee, the China SPR ruling today. That fight, just like you predicted, actually has really made Congress better in less than a week, hasn't it? It's going to be better. And I'll tell you the other thing, John, we're going to have an honest debate over how much government we can afford in this country. And we, we have very serious issues with our, our economy right now. Uh, we expect zero economic growth, according to the Congressional Budget Office, over the next six months. Uh, that was That is the end result of the failed policies when the Democrats had the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Uh, we want to get pro-growth economic policies going again. The number one thing we could do for the American citizens right now is to drive down the cost of energy, which would drive down the cost of everything that we do in this country. Uh, that is the issue that would actually help the most with inflation. Uh, unfortunately, you see you know, how beholden the Democrats are to uh, the, the green energy and other things that, that are happening out, out there. And, and it just doesn't work, John. I mean, you, you cannot power this country off of solar panels. And yet their solar panel subsidies are so high. I mean, solar companies are buying up land in my area of the state, taking it out of ag production, which means there'll be less food in the future. And they're paying twice in some cases um, what the property's actually worth. And so we got to have we got to have some open and honest discussion about this. And and until we do, the American citizens are going to continue to pay the price. 
the rules that we have passed are going to force that open and honest discussion. And that's the most important thing, the open and honest discussion, so that the American public knows the truth. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. There's some CBO numbers out talking about the impact of the Trump tax cuts, that they actually grew revenue. Uh, so you reduce the tax code, you grow the revenue because economy grows. That narrative often gets lost in all of the debate, particularly in the mainstream media, but even among all, all members of policymaking. Your thoughts on the now proof, because the proof's in the pudding, that the tax cuts actually stimulated this economy and worked better for the American taxpayer. Yeah, so so we have higher tax revenue right now, John, than we've ever had in the history of the country. And you think about that. Everything we've been through, COVID, uh, inflation, uh, all of the challenges of the last 36 months that our country has had, we have higher tax revenues than we have ever had in the history of the country. Now, the, the other thing you need to remember is that those tax cuts on Americans and small businesses expire in 2025. So we're 2023 right now. If those tax cuts are allowed to expire, then what you will see is reduced revenue. That's just the facts. What what the Democrats believe, they believe that the economy is is, is stagnant and doesn't have anything to do with rules and regulations and tax policy. They, they simply believe that if you increase tax rates, that you will multiply that tax rate times the same amount of economic growth that you have if you don't have a, uh, a good tax policy that stimulates economic growth. And they think, they literally think that you would get more tax revenue with higher tax rates. And yet, historically, that's always proven to be false. So one of our, one of our real challenges, John, is, is getting those tax rates that have been that have spurred this economic growth uh, extended. And, and, and again, we've got higher tax revenue than we've ever had in the history of the country. We don't have a tax rate problem. We have a spending problem. Well, evidence of that also popped up in the last 20 hours. The federal budget deficit for the first quarter of this fiscal year was $418 billion, almost a half trillion dollars in a single quarter. And that's $40 billion plus more than the last year when we were still dealing with the effects of COVID. I mean, I think a lot of people said, well, we'll have a little forgiveness to spend money to get COVID, but we're out of the COVID crisis. The deficit under Joe Biden just keeps going up with the Democratic spending. This is the year, I believe, that you guys hold the line, right? You're going to force that budget down, aren't you? Well, we have to. And and if you listen to what the mainstream media is saying, they're, they're telling you that House Republicans are going to force a shutdown. House Republicans are going to do this. That's simply not true. Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, those four cut an agreement. Now, those four have somewhere around 150 years worth of political experience. They could, they could have chosen one of four things. They could have done continuing resolution with or without the debt limit. That would not have led to a shutdown. They could have done an omnibus bill with the debt limit attached. That would not have led to a shutdown. They could have done the omnibus bill without the debt limit attached. And that's what they chose. And they knew that if they did that, it was going to create uh, a debt limit problem over the next couple of months. So, so with all of their political experience, they chose the one thing, the one of the four possible choices that they had that was going to lead to the crisis. And now the press is blaming House Republicans for the crisis that those four created. 
it, it's unreal, isn't it? It is. It is. But 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 look, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative, or liberal, understand this: four choices. One, two, three, and four. There was only one of the four that was going to lead to this problem: Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell agreed to number four. They agreed to the only one that was going to create the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about it. It is stunning to see what we're going to go through next year. But I think we're going to educate the public. And I I think these moments are coming. And you've done more than anyone in the last year to really get people the facts so they can just understand there's a lot of rhetoric out there that is not even close to being true. Uh, But I realized when I started this conversation, I was probably an ungracious host because I forgot to congratulate you on Georgia's second straight national championship. That makes a lot of Georgians proud, doesn't it? Man, those those dogs are a good team. (laughs) What a team and what a score. I thought I was going to need a calculator by the third quarter. It was crazy. So, well, Congressman, it's always an honor. We love having you on and want to thank you so much for the update today. We'll be watching closely over the next few days. A lot of big history still being written in the Congress and the halls of the Capitol. Hey, thanks, John. Good to be with you, sir. Thank you so much. You too, man. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. You know what day it is. It's Thursday. That means it's AMAC Thursday, one of my favorite moments of the week where we get to have one of the amazing great minds that are at AMAC come in and talk about the news of the day, the legislation and legislative priorities that we might not know we should all be up to speed on. And today we've got a very special guest. For many years, I knew him as one of the greatest investigative members in Congress. He knew how to go after real wrongdoing and expose it in a nonpartisan way. Later went to the State Department where he was a very important advisor to President Bush. And today he is the national spokesman for AMAC. And he's joining us right now, my good friend, Bobby Charles. Bobby, welcome back to the show. 
Thank you, John. You always arrange for very exciting events uh, for me to be on during times when you're talking, so I'm ready. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but I got to tell you, when I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning, there was not a chance in my mind that we would be talking about Joe Biden's 67 Red Corvette, documents in a garage, and yet here we are at this moment, three days, two stunning revelations in a row that our president, the man who wagged his finger, saying handling that classified documents in the wrong way is disgusting, wrong, not right. And now he owns the same behavior. Your thoughts on it? You know, it's almost hard to know where to begin, but I'll, I'll kind of do a large circle and come in. You know, the big, big, big picture here is Americans are losing trust in their government or the idea that their government can honestly govern. And that's dangerous because, uh, you know, we don't have a no confidence vote here. And uh, it, 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 what's happening here is the kind of the last pebble, I think, has been thrown over the side of the mountain and you're beginning to get an avalanche. And what, you know, coming in a couple of circles, what, what we witnessed here is, as you said, a, a tremendous violation of the Fourth Amendment. I mean, I, I was a Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals clerk, and I'm just going to tell you, I litigated for years that what they did to Trump was not only unprecedented because it was against a president, a former president, but it was a it was either a general warrant, which is illegal under the Fourth Amendment, or it was a warrant they exceeded the scope on, which is also illegal. And what did they find? They found nothing after going in with 30 agents, long guns, all the rest. And who was behind them insinuating and then accusing and then making much of this uh, up through this election cycle uh, was Joe Biden. And what do we find out? Not only did they have knowledge of documents that they themselves, that Biden himself had hidden away, but these documents related to Ukraine, they related to Iran and perhaps to China. They were put in multiple locations. We don't even know the full locations of where they've been. And John, these documents uh, were classified at the TSSCI level. I, I held a TSSCI. When you get up to SCI, that is a sensitive compartmented document. That is a document that you're not just worried about, you're not just worried about revealing uh, uh, sources and methods. There's something very, very substantive in that document. And now what, what else do we have to wonder aloud? Uh, now that we, we've had, you know, 48 hours of, of revelation one after another after another, uh, did Hunter Biden have access to these? Are we looking at a president of the United States whose son was taking, we know on the public record, millions of dollars from Ukraine and China, and the president of the United States, uh, at the time a former vice president, had his hands on and potentially some had access to TSSCI documents relating to those exact countries, that would be criminal in the extreme. It is amazing. And the way you put that together, because it really, you can't look at this in isolation, which is exactly what the Biden defenders are going to try to do. Oh, just look at this. It was just a garage. It's no big deal. You had a machine, a family machine going out, making money in Ukraine, making money in China, making money in Russia, trying to make money in several of the old Soviet republics around Russia. And one of the business partners that Hunter Biden has in 2017 is a guy named Patrick Ho. Patrick Ho was working on a China deal with him. He's arrested late in 17, ultimately tried and convicted of not only making bribery payments to try to bribe China's way into African energy deals, he also was accused in court documents of trying to help China help Iran evade sanctions. That's in the court documents, very detailed filing by the prosecutors. Patrick Ho goes to prison for that sort of behavior. That's the man that's sitting with Hunter Biden making business deals in 2017 while these documents from his vice president's father is floating around. We really have to look at the whole 360 view of the Biden family to appreciate the national security risk here, don't we? 
We, we do, John. And, and let me give a little bit of perspective to, you know, it's hard. If you're an investigator, you like detail. You go into, you follow the breadcrumbs. And, you know, when they let, you know, lead to the lion's mouth, you say, wait, there's something's wrong here. But uh, you know, let me give a little bit of big picture perspective to this. I mean, I served in the Reagan White House, Bush 41 White House. I ran a largest part of the oversight committee that actually shared in oversight for intelligence and defense. And I was a naval intelligence officer and an assistant secretary of state. In each of those iterations, I had different levels of security clearance. And in the last couple, I had TSSCI clearances. At no time, ever, 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 did I bring a document home because I didn't have the kind of safe that you must have to contain a TSSCI document. So under none of those circumstances, over all those years, 10 years with Navy intelligence, years at you know state and and five running never if i had brought one home i would certainly never have put it in a closet which is to quote from the president or a garage there is something highly peculiar about the process of thinking and the process of storage and it tells me that there was an intent to conceal these documents and i think that again is it's it's just uh, what we what we would call demeanor evidence, but it's pretty, it's pretty damn interesting because I think this White House, I think this is going to get very big, very fast, John. No, it certainly has that feeling. And there's, there's something about the White House's reaction. So I want to take you through three parts of that reaction. The first is they knew November 2nd. They didn't tell us before the election. They didn't tell us on November 18th when they announced the special prosecutor for Donald Trump on similar issues. They don't tell us about the second fine. The first time the fine comes out, we learn about the Penn Biden Center. We don't hear about the second one until today. And then the president's reaction the first time is, I have no idea what, how those things got in my office. Then the second day is, oh, it's no big deal. I lied my Corvette in the garage, too. So as though the Corvette was as important to the American people as highly classified documents, the reaction of the president and the delaying and slow walking of this story, what do you make of that? Well, I, it goes to, you know, we always say it, it goes to credibility. That's what you say in front of a jury. And, and uh, you know, the bottom line is it reveals to me that he is uh, dissembling. He is, uh, it's disingenuous. He's He's, he's making sort of the, the false excuses. It's a, what am I going to do? Wash my server with a rag? Um, you know, behavior of Hillary Clinton when accused that she'd cleaned uh, or, or, or uh, had scoured her, 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 uh, her, her server. You know, it, it's too cute by half. And I think the other thing that people need to remember here is that this is a, this is a serious, serious offense. This is not, under the Presidential Records Act, what they were looking at Trump for was mishandling of documents, which incidentally he had under that act the right to, dis to, de to declassify. The vice president and a former vice president, at the very least, is operating underneath a, uh, a different federal statute. It's a, it's a statute, it's the, uh, the Federal Records Act, where he would have to have been the guy that classified those documents in order to declassify them. And they were not, it's clearly, and, and clearly, these were not that kind of document. These were documents coming out of the intelligence agency, defense or state, or maybe all three. But the bigger the bigger picture here, John, is that we have someone who I mean, this to me, if there is honor in the Justice Department, I w if I were Merrick Garland and I didn't know all this stuff at the time that you just gave the timeline on, 
I would resign immediately. I would say this is dishonorable. You've, you've completely, you've made me look like I'm complicit in a criminal conspiracy. I'm out of here. And I would do, and frankly, I'd see two or three other members of the administration doing that. You're not seeing that. Let's take the other possibility that he did know and he kept quiet. What does that say about the attorney general and his ability to be above politics? I think people need to look at this hour by hour, not just day by day and month by month. I think it tells me, and I, I'm going to borrow your phrase, this is complicity by silence. This, there should have been, if you really didn't know about the, these documents and how horrifying it was, and by the way, who's, who's doing all this discovering? The president's own attorneys? What the heck is that? I mean, if, if you knew this was afoot, you know, months ago, you would have had the FBI all over this. And if you weren't complicit. So the bigger part of this, honestly, John, is the minute this story broke, Merrick Garland should have immediately, if he wasn't complicit, he would have immediately appointed a special counsel. It isn't, it, he doesn't behave that way. He has behaved just like he, 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 he failed to protect Supreme Court justices, just like he, he went after Donald Trump uh, in, in the most egregious sort of offensive uh, unprecedented way to break break the Fourth Amendment and go ahead and, and try to criminalize him by implication and and terrify his family and staff and go through his his wife's private garments. I mean, it, it, this is the most absurd behavior from an attorney general I, I think we've seen not only in our lifetime but in a history book. And and uh, and so I would just tell you if he was not complicit by silence, he would have immediately appointed a special counsel. He didn't do that. That is really a great point in understanding that timeline and the mentality and also the legal obligations that attorney general has. The attorney general is not there to protect the president. He's there to enforce the law for people. People are starting to see that dual system of justice on yet another episode in recent American political history. I want to turn to a story that we had this morning, because when you were at the Oversight Committee, you ran some of the most dramatic and exciting investigations. True oversight, which, by the way, benefited all Americans. There is this sequence of events. Joe Biden leaves the White House. Obviously, he had some of these documents with him. He goes and accepts a job with the University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League school. They open up a foreign policy think tank under his name. But he really just gets paid as a guest lecturer, $900,000 over two and a half years. No requirement to teach a class. Just show up, lend your name here and there. It's at that university center that he ends up having some of his classified documents. But that university collects $67 million of China money in the period of 2013 to 2019. And almost all of it, like $47.7 million of it, in the time that Joe Biden is in their employ. Large gifts, anonymous gifts, one of them, $14.5 million just a couple of weeks after his Penn Biden Center opened up the university, not the Penn Biden Center, but the university who pays Joe Biden's salary gets that donation among many. And then in 2022, when Joe Biden is president and the FBI director has just given a national speech at the Reagan Center, Chris Ray, saying the China threat of espionage in our academic institutions is extraordinarily severe. It's getting worse. We need all resources on hand. So Chris Ray gives this incredible speech, January 31st, 2022. A week later, the University of Penn, Joe Biden's former employer, the home of his think tank, sends an open letter to Merrick Garland saying, you need to shut down the FBI's counter espionage program targeting China spies in American academia because it's racist. And in less than two weeks, I think it's like 11 days later, Merrick Garland listens to University of Pennsylvania and other liberal universities over the concerns of his FBI director, shuts it down. UPenn takes money. UPenn lobbies Biden Justice Department. UPenn gets something China wants in that equation. That's the story we broke this morning. 
What does that tell you about what may be lingering over the larger issue over the UPenn documents scandal? Yeah, so let me address that as a as a former litigation counsel, as also as a former uh, staff director and counsel for the Oversight Committee for five years. What I see in this is five or six different investigations that really have to be pursued. Let's go to Chris Ray's remarks for starters and just unpack it there. He is absolutely right. Everything on the open record already beyond anything else that anybody else knows is extremely uh, convincing when it comes to the idea that China has infiltrated major universities in this country. So there's investigation number one. Investigation number two is directly uh, focused on Penn. And if Penn it took $67 million from China and then either bent their curriculum or attended, attempted, and it appears that they did attempt to bend federal policy. Uh, what are they doing? They're they're effectively uh, on the on the take from China, and they're lobbying for China. Uh, I don't know what that does to their charter, but it certainly doesn't look good. Uh, investigation number three has to be uh, the pass through. I mean, if you if you're pushing sixty seven million dollars into China uh, from China into into a university, any university, and they're and they're probably if you've got one university, you've probably got multiple universities in this environment that are that are doing something similar in one way or another because they're looking for options. So, but but it's a pass through, right? When the president walks away with a million dollars, the former vice president walks away with a million dollars. Uh, you know, skimmed off the top of 67 million for doing nothing. It 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 it, it corroborates the notion that the Biden family likes to take lots of money for doing nothing uh, and taking uh, and being unqualified for the money that they're taking, even on paper. Um, you know, it also makes me wonder aloud if there are links back to other elements of this of this larger investigation. Is it China that is buying? Uh, you, you know, young Biden, uh, Hunter Biden's artwork for $500,000 a pop. Is that China money? Is that really what we're looking at here? Is this China really buying the United States of America by buying corrupt politicians, starting with the president of the United States, one after another? That's what I'm worried about. I, I am, I've been innately worried about China for years, and, and we've watched the disintegration of what we think of as seawalls. Uh, against their intrusions. One is in the university environment, one is in the federal lab environment, one is, uh, is in the intellectual property environment. I would not be at all surprised to see China pushing things that are actually reinforcing in the information warfare environment, uh, our border problems, our crime problems, our economy problems. But, you know, the bottom line is we have a, an all hands on threat in China. And it is very disappointing at the, at the least to see what seems to be evidence that the president of the United States and his family uh, are on appear to be on the wrong side of that line. Yeah, you aren't kidding. That's the big concern. And you know, we were warned about this all the way back in 19 when I started writing my stories at the Hill, Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley in 2020. And they kept saying, listen, what this picture of Biden family enterprises overseas looks like is a influence peddling shakedown operation. Maybe our president is over a barrel. Maybe he's compromised. And even if he's not compromised, every action he'll take to the benefit of his son's former foreign clients will look like he's compromised and that's going to shake us. And we were all told at the time that was a conspiracy theory. We were censored. We've seen the extraordinary censorship, the fake letter uh, or the fake claims and the intelligence letter. It seems now that Democrats and the mainstream media are waking up to the severity and seriousness of these allegations, things that they poo-pooed a couple of years ago, now embracing. Does it feel to you like the mainstream media maybe is coming back to a more normal way of treating some of these allegations a little more seriously than they did in the past? It does. And I'll say, John, that, you know, I always look behind things. It's like a barbershop mirror, you know, two mirrors facing each other. There's always a reflection behind reflection. And I'll just go back through that barbershop mirror for a minute. 
I hear sort of fundamentally, I spend a lot of time around the country, a rumble in the rails. I feel like the average American, even the average moderate Democrat, who may hate Trump and may hate all kinds of things that they were they were they were they were glad to take front seat on, you know, up through the last election. There's a rumble in the rails that they feel very uneasy with this government. And it's not just with the president or the vice president, both of whom have seemed to be out to lunch. They, there's a bigger concern here about corruption, integrity, lack of integrity. And I think what that does is, you know, they are the market, uh, the center and, and the, you know, the center and the moderate Democrats and the entire Republican Party are really the market for a lot of the news that, that, that we're all consuming. And so I, I think the networks begin to try to shift. I mean, they do this, they do this historically in election campaigns anyway, but this is a much bigger shift. I, I think what they're realizing is you may be accused of being complicit in a national security uh, a violation of, 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 of enormous. I mean, this has the potential. If these breadcrumbs lead where they seem to be leading, this has the potential to make Watergate look like a footnote. I mean, this this is a potential selling of America to the Chinese by a president and an attorney general, um, even if there's no one else involved. And I consider that to be really first order business. And I think average Americans, the more they learn about this, it's you know, the more they learn about it, the more distressed they're going to be. Yeah, I think that's right. And getting facts, that's the most important thing. Taking the politics out, just getting the facts is the right way to do this. That's how you ran your investigations. It seems like Congressman Comer, the new chairman of House Oversight, seems to be fact-driven. He wants to just get facts, identify what those facts are, what documents he needs, and then get the truth out. That's going to benefit the American public. If we keep the temperature down, get the facts out there, then the temperature will go wherever it legitimately should go. You know, John, the best investigations in the world, and this is also the best cases pleaded at either an appellate level or or at the jury level. The the best the best thing you can do, and, and it's hard because we get emotionally wrapped up in we, we hate injustice, we hate lack of integrity, we hate hypocrisy. But but in the end, if you can be dispassionate and you put all the facts on the table like pieces of a puzzle, and you let someone else assemble them, or you you walk them through the assembly process dispassionately. That's the best possible way to bring a case, to judge a case, to understand where an investigation properly leads. That is not the way the Democrats and some Republicans have historically managed because we get emotionally tied into this stuff. Uh, but you know that you're you're absolutely right. We had a good interview with Congressman Comer just a little bit ago, and he really is taking a methodical approach about this. Let's get the information. Let's make the decisions. Let's answer these questions for the American public. Let the chips fall where they're going to fall because the facts justify it. That will be a refreshing change after what we saw with the January 6th committee, where sometimes we were given false stories that un un unraveled a few weeks later. That doesn't benefit anyone. I want to turn to one extraordinary moment in the aftermath of all that drama we saw on the floor of the House as they were trying to find the leader, come up with the rules. Now Republicans are unified, but the Republicans are not only unified with themselves on one issue, particularly the issue we've just been talking about, China. Democrats have moved over in a really significant way to support Republicans on one, creating the China Select Committee, and today agreeing with a law, a bipartisan law, that oil taken out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve should never be sown to China like it was under Joe Biden last year. Democrats twice repudiating some of the prior policies and thoughts and arrangements of Joe Biden. Joe Biden once said, China's not a problem. And it wasn't that long ago. It was 2019. He said that twice bipartisan fashion. How important is that for the country to see some bipartisanship on an issue that really affects the future of our security? 
Well, I think it's very constructive as a political matter, and I think it's very important as a national security matter. And I think maybe what it tells us is that there are moderate Democrats, and this is very important, it, it, that, that there's common sense at the center uh, and that, and that you know, what we're really looking at is an extremely tight margin. I mean, 222 and 435 out of 435 seats is very tight. So it tells us that on national security and perhaps on a couple of other issues, it could be crime, it could be I'd like to hope it might also be the economy, but on national security, uh, th there's going to be a consensus of some kind going forward. And if M McCarthy can properly acknowledge that, and then at the same time, uh, the average American back home says, yeah, I'm expecting now accountability. I'm expecting my, my border to be protected. My, I'm expecting you, you know, I'm not expecting you to be in lockstep with, uh, you know, either Pelosi, who, who, who's gone, or, uh, or, uh, or, or with Biden. I'm expecting you to vote not just your conscience, but my conscience. I'm expecting you to protect this country. I guess to me, it's a hopeful sign. I, you know, I, I wasn't as impressed by what happened on the floor, but a lot of conservatives were. And I will say that, you know, having worked for Gingrich with, for five years, I, I think, I, I think what we witnessed was democracy in action. And I, and I think perhaps McCarthy is a stronger leader because of it. He also showed that he's going to stick to his guns. And I think that also was demonstrated to the Democrats. I mean, I think it's, it's very interesting because as much as they impaled us for divisions, um, I, I do think that uh, I do think that what it shows is that we're going to we're going to stay with the truth and we're going to follow what we think to be the best unifying strategy uh, for the country regardless. And and so I, I just think, you know, John, we have some very serious consequential days ahead of us. I would not be surprised to see an attorney general resign. I would not be surprised to see a head of a DHS resign. And I think the pressure on this president is going to uh, is going to get really, really heavy. Yeah, we're in for a very important moment in history here, an important part of the Biden presidency, because he told us he was going to be a straight talker. He told us he handled classified information seriously. He told us that he would keep his administration above the ethics line, and all three of those promises seem to be eroding in the face of facts that contradict those promises. American people are going to be watching very closely how this president acts and answers in the next few months. Bobby, before we go, AMAC does such amazing work. And of course, folks, we do this part of the program every Thursday to bring you up to speed on why AMAC is such an extraordinary partner. If you haven't joined AMAC and you haven't taken up the five-year membership like I have, you're missing out. Jump in today. You get wisdom every day, seven days a week from people like Bobby Charles. And I want to encourage everyone, go to amac.us slash just news, amac.us slash just news. Go sign up. You get a membership. You get discounts just like you do with AAA or AARP. You get offers for services you can't get anywhere else like insurance programs. And then you get this incredible knowledge of what's going on in the Congress and Capitol and the state houses. And you get a chance to join a, what I call a civilian army, an extraordinary group of citizens concerned about their country going out and making a difference, whether as election observers or on grassroots opportunities to talk with lawmakers and educate them about what real Americans need, everyday Americans need. But Bobby, as people go do that, they go to that website. You guys have your finger on the pulse of what I think are the most important issues bubbling up in Congress and in the policy halls of Washington. What are the things right now that AMAC's focused on and that we all should be watching over the next few weeks? You know, I will tell you, John, and I am biased, but, um, you know, it, it, it's a direct line from the Reagan White House to what this organization, AMAC, does. And that's why I work for them. They are, to my opinion, the premier 
conservative organization out there. You do have lots of other good conservative organizations, but this one is dedicated to older Americans uh, who go with a certain set of values that really care about the future of the country. And they work at the state legislative level. They work in communications. They work in uh, they 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 are they have a foundation dedicated to the proposition of helping in both Social Security or Veterans Affairs. If you have if you have if you're a veteran and, and some 25 percent of the AMAX 2.3 or 4 million members are veterans. You, you can go. You have an immediate resource if you're if you if you need guidance on Social Security. Their phone lines burn up. They are always there for you. They are, in my view, a service organization dedicated to the proposition of helping keep this country at its best. And so, what do they celebrate? They celebrate really not just celebrate. They they advocate regularly, and they they reinforce, and they communicate, and they educate on the values that underlie our Bill of Rights. Uh, think about the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth, the Fifth, the Sixth. If the, if these things matter to you, and if and if a couple of dollars make a difference to you know, if if you're willing to help get this country forward, that's all it takes to join AMAC. It's not much, and you get an incredible magazine with brand new. And the magazine is is amazing because it breaks stories uh, even 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 weeks ahead. Uh, they're they're daily. I agree. You know, AMAC.us. People can go to it. You see news you're not going to see anywhere else, just like your show. And so I would just tell people if you care about America. Uh, AMAC is your organization. It is. And I'll tell you, I'm a reporter and I learn things every day from AMAC. It's one of the first places I check every morning. I've been doing that for years. And it's so important. What Bobby and the rest of the team there does, Rebecca, everyone that's there, they have their finger on the post because they're talking to not only real people in America, but real people in the policy halls. They know what's coming up before other people. They're able to educate all of us who are members. And I think that's what the greatest advantage is. And by the way, you also make back anything you spend on the membership, you're going to make back on discounts. There are so many discounts on travel and services. This is a gift that pays for itself, not only in the value of what you get back, but also an extraordinary discount. So if you want to go sign up today and become part of the army that Bobby Charles and others get to direct every day to make this country better, all you got to do, go to amac.us slash just news, sign up today, you get a special discount because you're in the Justin News, John Solomon Reports family. But go do it today. Go match me. I took the maximum five-year membership. I've got nothing but excitement about it. You will, too, if you join. Bobby, what a great conversation. I could talk all day with you. You are so enlightened on all the most important issues today. We're going to get you back on real soon. But thank you for helping us walk through some pretty pretty historic moments in our country. Well, John, I always appreciate this with you because you're on the cutting edge. And I think uh, every American uh, now, unfortunately, these days really has to be on the cutting edge. So uh, I, I, I'm honored to be asked and i always appreciate being on with you thank you my friend we'll have you back on real soon we'll have another amac thursday next week so that's always exciting all right folks we're going to go take a quick commercial break when we come back you're going to hear an interview we had with alan dershowitz last night on the tv show he had a very strong prediction that the discovery of joe biden's documents will change the course of the trump investigation you're going to want to hear that right after these next messages delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. One of the greatest legal minds in all of America is joining us. He's the host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Dur Show, author of many of the great books, 50 of them, believe it or not. He is the one and only Alan Dershowitz, and he joins us right now. Alan, great to have you on the show. Great to be on your show. Always enjoy having questions from you and from your co-hosts. Uh, we love it. Well, let's start off here. Uh, I think you had a moment a couple months ago where you said the Biden administration should be better careful what they wish for on this whole classified document thing with President Trump. Now, President Biden has not one but two situations very similar. How does this affect the DOJ and the special counsel investigation? Well, first of all, I suspect this is the beginning of a much, much deeper, much deeper hole. I suspect that many previous presidents, if people really searched through their homes and went through everything, uh, we would find it was very common for presidents, vice presidents to take home with them material that they shouldn't have in their possession in order to help them write their memoirs. I don't think anybody's trying to sell them to the Chinese or do anything really insidious with them. But I think people have often just taken stuff and brought it home. That's what happened with Sandy Berger. He did it in a particularly humorous way, stuffing it in the <laughs> socks and maybe his underwear. But um, uh, I, I think I think this is the beginning of a much deeper dig. And we're going to see many more of these things. And I think we have to change the rules. We have to make it clear what's permissible, what's not. What's the punishment for doing A, B, and C? You can't leave it to the discretion of the Justice Department to go after political enemies and not to go after political friends. We need one law for everybody. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, if they're being honest, they would say the same thing, that a lot of times former presidents or vice presidents, they end up with these types of document, uh, documents and they, they don't mean to, but... You had Joe Biden calling the situation with President Trump and the documents he had irresponsible. You have Democrats saying that this nullifies President Trump and his ability to run for office again. It seems to me that it's either it, it applies to either both or neither as far as this uh, damaging future prospects of running for office again. Well, I agree with you, and I should. I think it should apply to neither one criminally. There's not enough here for criminal prosecution of either of them. I think, however, this is the nail in the coffin uh, against Donald Trump. That is, even if there was some inkling that maybe Trump should be prosecuted for Mar-a-Lago, it's not going to happen now. Uh, Merrick Garland is not going to want to be perceived as somebody who applies the law differently to Democrats and to Republicans, particularly when they're running against each other for president of the United States. I think you need smoking guns uh, in order to go after either candidate. I don't think it's there. This is, however, a loud call for changing the law so that all current and future presidents know exactly what they have to do, what they can't do, what they should do. We just don't have that. We know, for example, presidents can declassify material when they're office, but not after they leave office. We know that vice presidents cannot declassify material, except if they get the president to do it. There are some things we know, but there are so many things uh, we don't know. And you also need a sense of willfulness before you can go after somebody. The key point, though, is that you cannot have 
two systems of justice. Unless the claims against Trump pass what I call, I used to call the Clinton-Burger test, now it's the Clinton-Burger-Biden test, unless his conduct is so much more egregious and unlawful than what the three Democrats were accused of doing, you can't have a criminal prosecution of, of Donald Trump. Yeah, that's exactly right. Alan, I want to ask about one other element of this real quickly. Uh, they appointed a special counsel for Trump to look at a bunch of issues. Uh, the issue with the finding of the documents of Biden also ties to the whole China connection with the University of Pennsylvania and Hunter Biden. Does the, does the AG have a problem where he's going to probably have to appoint a special counsel for that? Or do you think he can still resist pressure on that? No, I think he may very well have to appoint somebody. When you have two people running for president against each other two years from now, one of them is the incumbent who appoints the attorney general and the other is the outsider. You really need a neutral person. Now, it could be somebody from inside the Justice Department, like the U.S. attorney in Chicago, who was just now appointed or the former U.S. attorney um, that was appointed uh, previously. So uh, but I, I don't think this should be a decision made alone by the appointed attorney general of the United States who was appointed by the incumbent running against the other person. That just would not satisfy either the appearance or the reality of justice. Yeah. Alan, I want to switch gears to uh, social media censorship. Uh, I know John and I, and probably you as well, have been censored on social media, and we've seen these uh, unseemly connections between the federal government, specifically the Biden administration, emails that have been revealed that seem to allude to a very familiar process of getting things removed from social media. Do you think that it's clear that Facebook and Twitter have acted as agents of the government? Well, agents may be a very strong word. They have certainly allowed the government to put their thumb on the scale, maybe even their elbow on the scale. And that's wrong. The First Amendment prohibits the government from being in the business of censoring, and they can't do it directly or indirectly. And in fact, it's worse when they do it indirectly because there's no accountability. When the government censors directly, we go to court like we did in the Pentagon Papers case. I was one of the lawyers in that case and several other cases like that. But when the government is doing it secretly, when the government is putting pressure on private media to do what they can't themselves do, that creates a double problem. And that it does. Alan, for 50 years, you've shaped the minds of great lawyers coming into the profession, young people going through the university system. There seems to be this remarkable disconnect to the idea of liberty and freedom of speech in this country with this new generation. You look at these emails at big tech or even at the government agencies, young people don't even seem to think that what they're doing is wrong. They actually think what they're doing is righteous. I'm curious how, the, how in over a very short generational change, the uh, regard for liberty, particularly free speech, has fallen by the wayside so quickly. What's, what's going on there? Well, it's a terrible, terrible dilemma because these are folks who are going to be our congressmen, our senators, our CEOs, our editors of the New York Times in 10, 15 years, and they have lost the love of liberty. It was learned in hand who once said that liberty cannot survive if people don't defend it and support it. No court can rescue it. Uh, no court can even contribute to rescuing for it. It has to lie in the hearts of the people. And I'm so afraid that the current generation, I used to think it was only college students, but now it's law students at the University of California at Berkeley, which has yeah. banned any Zionist speaker 
from speaking at 14 clubs. In other words, I can't speak to the students at Berkeley Law School about the Constitution because I am a, a proud Zionist who supports Israel's right to exist. We're seeing it at Harvard. We're seeing it at Yale. We're seeing it in all the elite institutions. And it's very, very frightening. It's free speech for me, but not for thee. Due process for me, but not for thee. Yeah. Does does the dam break eventually? Because we've had you on before and, and spoken about uh, lawyers who represented President Trump not being able to uh, to get future professional opportunities. But does this does the dam break eventually and people say, OK, look, this is ridiculous. We've got to get back to normal business. Well, I hope so. I know that lawyers, people have told me over and over again, they don't want to be Dershowitz. I've become a verb. <laughs> they don't want to be treated the way I've been treated by uh, synagogues, by uh, public uh, forums, by uh, places, uh, uh, because I defend the Trump. Yeah, it is remarkable. Well, I know one thing, Alan. If I were a law student, I don't know if I'd want to be Dershowitz, but I'd certainly want to learn from Alan Dershowitz. I've watched I you in action. I, I saw you in the DSK case, particularly brilliant legal work and, and also using it to teach your students. Really remarkable. Thanks for joining us. It's such a great honor to have you on. My honor. Thank you. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Keep an eye on the Just the News website tonight. We're going to break a lot more stories. We're going to put a timetable together on the University of Penn, the Penn Center, all of the money flowing in, all the events going on, what happens. We're going to have that for you. And then we'll have some new revelations, I think, about who else was asking for an investigation of University of Pennsylvania's China money. We've got an angle on that as well. All that's going to come up tonight. I'll be on Hannity tonight, I think, at 9 o'clock, so check that out. But stay in touch with the Justin News website. We have breaking news all over, the Matt Taibbi revelations from Twitter files, the dirtying up job, the dishonest dirtying up job of Devin Nunes. That's coming up. And then, of course, so many more developments on the special prosecutor, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, China money, University of Penn, all of that on justthenews.com. Keep an eye on it all week long. And remember, you can download the app from the iOS and the Android stores and get a mobile app where you can watch, listen, or read our great content. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all of our guests today, Alan Dershowitz, Bobby Charles, and, of course, Congressman Austin Scott. A lot of thoughtful conversation there today. We'll have more tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a great night. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www 
twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.